Amen. Well, good morning, LWC First Service and online family. If you're watching um, this morning, we want to thank the Lord that we can come together and worship him in song and, and learn from the word of God. Uh, I'm excited about that. Real quick before I, I go into the message, um, how many of you men received one of these who the guest speakers are going to be at the, at the conference, at the retreat in, in uh, Alpine? Just raise your hand if you did. Yeah, great, great men there. Uh, Gregory Marufo, who was an executive with uh, one of the world's, if not the world's largest uh, companies, and just a, a man who loves the Lord and has a great family. He's going to really speak some wisdom in, in, in I believe, in serving God wherever you're at. And, uh, and then our second speaker is going to be Dustin Blacknick, who is an accomplished musician. He's played with a lot of the industry's best uh, great man of God, great family man. So it's just going to be a good time. And I just think it's going to be great building for each man that goes. So if you're not signed up, uh, this, this past week we had a lot of men that started calling and, and getting ready to sign up. So just we're excited about what's going to happen. Get signed up as quickly as you can and get some lodging there. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. How many of you feel wiser today than you did last week? Just raise your hand. You just feel wiser how many of you feel more foolish? Raise your hand. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? We just completed 31 days in Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is called the book of wisdom. And so we were able to glean the wisdom of God uh, as we went through. How many of you read at least one day of Proverbs through, during the campaign? Just one day. All right. That's a win. How many of you completed the 31 days? Just raise your hand. Are you kidding me? Awesome. Thank God. That's beautiful. Well, we're going to be starting a series today that I think is life-changing. Uh, we're going to go through the book of Ephesians. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote this book uh, to the church in Ephesus from prison. And Paul had done a lot of ministry there. In, uh, in Ephesus, he spent three years, uh, three, three years and dears, three dear years in Ephesus. I was looking at my dear over there. Yeah, I was looking at, looking, looking at Shauna. She's, she was in San Diego last week. So I'm like, you're back, babe. All right, awesome. Got back last night late, so it's good to, good to see her. Um, but anyways, he spent three years in, in Ephesus, and that city was a port city. There was a lot of... Uh, idolatrous worship. The great goddess of Diana was worshipped there. And uh, there was temple prostitutes. There was all kinds of immorality that reigned there. Witchcraft was real big. But in the three years that Paul was there, that whole area was impacted for the glory of Christ. And many people came to Jesus. And that gives us a lot of encouragement. Because uh, we're living in a country right now that it seems to be depleted of God. Amen. Uh, we've got friends and family that seem to be depleted of God. But there's good news, and that is that God is on the move. He's on the move through his people. He wants to impact people, and there's nothing that he cannot break through to bring glory to his name and, and bring restoration and transformation in the lives of people. So let me start with a question as we go to chapter 1. How many of you feel secure in your own skin and who you are in God? Just raise your hand if you feel secure. 
Because the first part of Ephesians, when he starts out the first, let, the, the, the first chapter, um, and you have to think about it. When he was writing this letter, it wasn't like uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, you know, so chapter 1, verse 1, I'm going to say this. He just wrote a letter. Uh, it's been broken down into chapters and verses uh, in, uh, to help us so that we can see things from, from that kind of a perspective, paragraphs. And when I look at uh, any biblical narrative, I always think paragraphs. Because you cannot really know what someone is saying if you just take one, one uh, verse and out, of the, the, out of context. Amen? It's like me talking to my wife and, and, and someone takes one sentence and uh, they don't know what the whole paragraph, what the whole conversation was about. Has that ever happened in your life? Maybe someone says something and, and, and you, you, that just rubs you wrong, but you don't see the whole picture. You don't see the whole conversation or you don't hear the whole conversation. Well, we need to, we need to hear the whole conversation that, that Paul is talking about. And he's going to talk to us in the first chapter about being secure in God. And so many people, so many people live their lives insecure. They live their lives without confidence. Last week we talked about confidence being one of the most important things in leadership. Amen? Amen? A confident leader is a good leader. And so as you're leading your family, as you're leading your, your coworkers, as you're leading your friends or your peers, when you're secure and you're confident in Christ, it changes everything. When you're confident in, in, confident in, in, in your walk with God, it, it changes your whole uh, behavior patterns. It changes the way that you think about yourself and all the things that matter. The Hebrew word for, for secure is to sustain or uphold or to be braced. How many, how many of us need to be braced in God? It also means to be steadfast or, or to lean upon. How many of us lean upon the word of truth? We lean upon it. When, when, when things are coming our ways, we know we need, to, we need to rely on God's word for everything that we do. It means to, to gain confidence, to be strengthened, and to be refreshed. I don't know about you, but I need to be refreshed daily. There are things in this life that, that try to deplete me uh, emotionally. They try to deplete me uh, uh, physically. And they try to deplete me spiritually. So I need to, to lean on and rely on the right source. And what I've come to find out is Jesus is the right source. That he gives us exactly what we need. You know, he says, if you're, if you're burdened and you're heavy laden, he says, come to me if you're weary. And I'll give you rest. I'll give you everything that you need for, for the days ahead. Um, Jesus said this. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them, those people will produce fruit. Notice, we produce fruit only when we are in, in Christ. As long as we remain in him, we will produce fruit. And then he says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much, much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, in Spanish, we would say, nada. On one side of the tracks, they would say, naranjas. It means oranges, but some people say, that means nada. Right? So we need the word of God. I love how, how the, great, uh, the great preacher Charles Stanley put it. There is one secure foundation, a genuine 
deep relationship with Jesus Christ, which will carry you through any and all turmoil, no matter what storms are raging around and all around, around and all around, you'll stand firm if you stand in his love. And I love that about our Lord. I love that. That's a reality right there is that God loves us no matter what we're going through. No matter when people are hating, no matter when people come against us, no matter when your own, your own emotions are, are, are contrary to, to the truth of God's word, Jesus, his love will help us to stand. It gives us the security that we need. And that's exactly what was going on with the Ephesian believers. They were going to be facing all kinds of things. This is, what, this is the impact that, that the gospel, the good news, and we have to remember that, that, that the, the, the message of Jesus is always good news. It's never bad news. So no one should leave church. No one should leave the assembly of God's people downcast. Why? Because he's good. And his message is good news. His message is that, is that he's for you, not against you. You should never leave condemned. You should never leave feeling like if, like if you're uh, unworthy. Because he's made you worthy. And so the, what was going on in Ephesus is the apostle Paul went in there with the message, the good news. And he came against demons. He came against those that were sick. They were healed in the name of Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus is still healing today? I believe that. He doesn't change. How many of you know that you have all authority over de any demonic influence in your life? You have that in Christ. He doesn't change. And, and Paul's confidence was, was just incredible. And so he came and he preached this wonderful news. People that were in the occult and witchcraft began to bring, bring their books of the occult and witchcraft. And they began to burn them in the city square, in the streets of the city. The, the idol, the producing, the producing or production of, idol, of idols because of idol worship was greatly hindered because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want for us to know. Is that in this world that we live in, God wants to produce fruit. And he wants to, to take the enemies, what, what the enemy is trying to do in people's lives, what he's stolen from them. He wants to take that and give it back to us. And lead us in his righteousness and his holiness. And so that's what Ephesians is all about. So I've got, um, I've got six points, so I better get busy. <laughs> the, the pastors were putting this together, and, and they were like, six points? I said, yes, but they're good points, right? They're very important. So get ready. Get your pens out. If, you're, if you are uh, watching online, you can go to version and you can find our outline right there, and you can, uh, you can begin to follow along. So... What you need to know today is that you are secure in Christ because here's number one. Because in Christ, you are holy. Now, this is a hard one. How many of you feel holy? Well, got, you got holy pants or, you know. <laughs> How many of you feel holy? Holy means that you've been set apart. Holy means that you are righteous. You know, I was raised in a denomination where your holiness was measured by what you did. And they would canonize certain individuals and they would make them saints. 
And so everyone else was like a second-class citizen or third-class citizen. And so you felt, you felt, or I felt, and I can't speak for you guys, in this denomination, I felt there was a hierarchy. And there were certain people that were closer to God. They were, they were better than others. But then you read the Bible, and the Bible talks about every follower of Jesus being holy because of what Christ has done for us. Are you with me? In other words, it's what Jesus did that makes you holy. It's never dependent on what you do or don't do. So your, your holiness is imputed on you. That's a big word. It means it's been given to you. It's been, it's been handed to you by God's grace. And in that, you walk in the holiness of God. And if you believe that you're holy, you will live holy. If you believe that you've been set apart, you will live like if you've been set apart. If you believe that you're a sinner, you will live like a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, yeah, you were a sinner saved by grace. But now you're a saint who has the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. And that changes everything. That changes the way that you look, the way that you, the way that you believe, the way that you live, the way that you walk. So here's how Paul starts out. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So he says, it's not even my will, it's the will of God. He picked me, God chose me before I ever did anything good. I was persecuting Christians. Paul's life was that he was there when they, when they stoned the first martyr, the first person they killed, Stephen. Paul was there, they put all the jackets, Paul held on to him as a young, as a young, young man. And saying, go, hit him, throw that rock. But he said, by the will of God, I was chosen. And then he writes, to the saints who are at Ephesus. Who's he talking to? Every follower of Christ at the church of Ephesus. To the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in, in Christ Jesus. Notice where the faithfulness comes from. Where does the faithfulness come from? In Christ Jesus. So your faithfulness, beloved, is not your doing. It's the doing of Christ working through you. It takes all the pressure off of yourself and says, Lord, I can't do it, but you can. I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to walk in you. I'm going to stand in you. He goes on and he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, the Son. We, we believe in, in, in one God revealed to us in what? Three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see all three persons of the Godhead in this, in this 14 verses. And you begin to understand one God, three persons, in unity, working and leading his people. It's something, it's a mystery that, that God has revealed in the scriptures, okay? Notice that Paul calls the Ephesian believers saints. Every follower of Jesus is a saint. <laughs> and that's hard for you to grab a hold of. Online campus, you're watching right now and you said, but you, pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I just did this week. Your sainthood is not dependent on you. It's dependent on the one that saved you. Are you with me? If your sainthood would fluctuate because of you, we'd be in trouble. 
But Jesus sustains us no matter what we go through. Okay? Nowhere, this is important. I want you to, I want you to test me on this. Test me with a word. Nowhere in the New Testament does it call a believer, a follower of Christ, a sinner. It calls every follower of Christ a holy one. See, God, when he looks at me, he doesn't see me. He sees me in Christ. Did you know that? If he saw me, I'd be in trouble. But I put my trust not in, not in me. I put my trust in Jesus. That what he did on the cross at Calvary, it cleansed me from all unrighteousness. That what he did on the cross at Calvary, it washed every sin, past, present, future. If you did it any other way, if you said, Lord, thank you for, for uh, forgiving me of my past sins. We're going to talk about forgiveness in a little bit. Thank you for forgiving me of my past sins. I got it now. I got it. Guess what? You're in trouble today. You're in trouble today. We're in trouble next week. So he, he cleanses us past, present, in future. You will be a more secure follower of Christ when you know, that's important, when you know that you are already holy because of Jesus. So when I gave my life to Jesus, when I said yes to Jesus, when I said, Lord, forgive me of my sins, I come to you, I need you in my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. I confess you as my Lord, and I choose to follow you from this day forward. At that time, I was made holy. I will never be more holy than that day that I gave my life to Jesus. But that holiness that God gave me, I walk in it from that day forward. See, positionally, I was sanctified. Sanctified means God, God he, he looked at all these people. He looked at all these, and he, he, put, he set me apart. He put me over here. He sanctified me positionally. I'm positioned in Christ. I've been positioned. I, the Bible says that I'm, I sit in the heavenlies with Christ positionally, that I'm in Christ. Now, that sanctification is also progressive. So every day I look more and more like Jesus because the Holy Spirit begins to work in me. Amen? And when I mess up, God still loves me. Because my trust is not in myself, it's in him. The work of the Holy Spirit continues to work. He continues to work. He, con he never condemns. Romans 8.1 says, for now there is no condemnation. Now therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Who walk according to the spirit, not the flesh. And that's where your sainthood is, beloved. Uh, don't believe me because I'm saying it. Believe it because this is what the word of truth says. That you're holy because of your faith in the one who's holy. Not because of your behavior. You are going to continually walk the steps that God has for you. To be more like Christ. But you'll never be Christ You'll just be more like him every day. Amen? In Christ, verse, uh, uh, second, second point. In Christ, you are blessed. You are blessed. No matter how I wake up, no matter how I'm feeling when I wake up, I've got to tell myself 
I am blessed. No matter what's going on around me, no matter what people think about me, I've got to tell myself and know that I am blessed. You're not a cursed person. You were cursed outside of Christ, but Jesus became a curse for us when he hung on the cross. He became that curse that belongs to us. And now I walk a blessed life. I walk a blessed life because he paid it for me. He did it for me and for you. Not only uh, uh, blessed, but we are blessed by the creator and the sustainer of the cosmos. The maker of everything. Not just the earth. See, the earth is puny to God. The earth is very big to us. But the universe, the cosmos, he created everything. That one right there has blessed you. There is no one like you. Bobby Blake, there's no one like you. Gary Engelbretson, there's no one like you. There's no one like me. I'm unique and very genuine. God made me special. He made you special. And he cares so much about you. And you have been blessed by God. What if you realized that this blessing is not dependent on you, but it's dependent on the one who died for you? He died for you. He bled for you. He was cursed for you. He was shamed for you because he loves you. And it's so hard for us to believe that. See, we think that if we behave a certain way, God's going to love us more. God loved you before you ever acted the way you're supposed to act. When Jesus went to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was talking about the same people that beat him, that cursed him, that did everything about us. That will change the way that we view ourselves, but that will also change the way that we view everybody else. Because you're blessed. Every day you're blessed. Look what he says. Blessed, verse 3, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with some, no, no, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And where are those blessings at? In Christ. And he's blessed us because we are in Christ. Your faith in Jesus has changed everything. You're not living independently of God. Now you are in God. You've become one with him. You've become one with the Father. You've become one with the Son. You've become one with the Holy Spirit because of your faith in Jesus. And because of that, he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places where people can't take it. They can't take that blessing. It's not a temporary blessing that leaves, you know, that's going to be gone after today. That blessing is an eternal blessing, which is renewed every day by the one that created everything. When you realize that these blessings are spiritual and heavenly, it changes our reality. See, the devil plays havoc for me to not realize this. And he will try to do everything he can to, for me to doubt the word of truth. 
He'll do everything he can. Did God really say that you're blessed? Look at your life. Look what's, look what's going on around you. See, but my blessings, my blessings are not temporal. My blessings are not earthly. My blessings are a lot more than money. My blessings are a lot more than material things. My blessings even are a lot more than, than my marriage. My blessing, there's a, there's a, as good as my marriage is, and it's good, there's a marriage that's happened in me where I've become the bride of Christ. He's a bridegroom. I am blessed. And he loves me with an unfailing love. He loves you with an unfailing love. So your, your blessings are, are heavenly, and, and those heavenly blessings are so incredible. It, it is spirit-produced peace. It is spirit-produced joy. It's Holy Spirit-produced patience, and, and Holy Spirit-produced self-control. Holy Spirit-produced long-suffering. I can suffer a long time, not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God that dwells in me. Because I'm in Christ and my suffering, it might be two years, it might be five years, but that's nothing compared to eternity. The blessed life that we have in God. He's blessed me with faithfulness. It's God's faithfulness working in me that makes me faithful. Nobody is naturally peaceful. Did you know that? Try to produce peace in yourself. It is always conditional. I lost, my, I lost my peace. It wasn't me. It was because of them. I lost my peace. Or try to do faithfulness in your own self. It'll be conditional. I talk to people all the time that they say, you know, we, I wanted to be faithful. But you know what? They caused me to be unfaithful. They caused me. You don't know how they treated me. Someone else treated me better. So now I'm faithful to them until they don't treat me the right way. Then I'm going to be faithful to someone else. We can't do it without God. We can't do it without the spirit of Christ dwelling in us. And I'm blessed supernaturally whether I live in a palace or in a peasant's home. Did you know that? Whether I have a million dollars or a million pesos, I'm blessed by God. Because my blessing is not conditioned by this world my blessing is conditioned by someone that is outside of this world who transcends this world who's greater than i could ever even imagine and he's blessed me and he's blessed you if you walk in him here's the third thing i want you to grab a hold of in christ you are chosen you are chosen think about that God chose you. And God didn't choose James Reese because of my worthiness or my worthlessness. I love that. God didn't choose me because of my worthiness. I'm so good or because I'm so bad. He didn't choose me for either. He chose me because that's his prerogative. He loves me. Are you with me? It's not because I'm so good. It's not because I'm so bad. It's because he's so good. And wonderful, and he never changes. He never changes. He continues to be good no matter what we're going through. But that's exactly why the gospel is good news. That's exactly why Jesus is good news. He's a messenger of good news, he's a persona of good news. It's because he never changes. And Jesus is so radically different than everyone else. He's so radically different. Jesus cares about me. 
so much no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I've done, no matter what I'm going to do. He knows what I'm going to do in the future. He knows I'll, I might. I hate saying this. I probably will make some bonehead decisions in the future. I just know myself. I've been living with myself for 54 years. And it just, I just can't help myself sometimes. I think it's right. The things I think are right sometimes are wrong. But guess what? So do you. And so we make these bonehead decisions, but God loves me, right? I'm worth a lot to God. He chose me despite all the things that I've been, all the things that I am, and all the things that I will be. God chose me because he's good. Paul wrote this, verse 4, just as he chose us, where? In, in him. He chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. Let's just pause right there. So before I ever did anything right, before I was even a gleam in my father's eye, before John Reese said to Cello Reese, tonight's the night. We're going to make history, baby. And James Reese is coming. Before that ever happened, before the foundation of the world, God already chose me. He said, I'm going to reach, before the foundation, I'm going to reach into Lordsburg, New Mexico. I'm going to reach there, and I'm going to send somebody to you when you're going to have a case of beer in the back. They're going to knock on the door of your car, and they're going to tell you God has a plan for your life. And you're going to freak out. I already chose you. I, I chose that to happen. See, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. God is omnipresent. He's always everywhere. God is all-powerful, right? Omnipotent. That's a God that chose me. He, he, it was all his doing. I aligned myself with, 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 his, with his will. I, I said yes, but can I tell you, he, the Holy Spirit nudged my heart. That wasn't even me. That was the Holy Spirit opening up my eyes. Those scales had to come off for me to see what my life was without God. And how much better it would be with him. And he says this, that we would be holy and blameless before me, before him. So, so he says, I chose you before the foundation of the world, that you would be holy and blameless before, before him. Now, this is beautiful because I'm in Christ. So my holiness was never, ever dependent on me. It never was. It was always dependent on Christ. And God the Father would always see me holy, not because of anything that I can do, but because of everything that's been done through Jesus. And because Jesus on the cross, he thought about me. And he thought about you. And he, when he prayed that prayer in John 17, that it's called the high priestly prayer. He said, I also pray for those that will come, Father, through the preaching of these that I've chosen, that you've chosen. And every person that you're going to win to Christ, R1K, reach 1,000, every person that, that you will reach for Jesus, God has already reached them before you say anything. He's already put them in your path. You, you, think you're in, you think you're here in church? You think you're in here in church by your own volition? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You, you, you made a choice, and that's beautiful. There's that tension that we have in this life that, that you know, we, 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 there's things that we know, there's things that we don't, but when you think about it, that's God's favor on you for you to hear this message and for some of you that are listening and watching online and some of you that are right here, God has chosen you before the foundation of the world to hear this message by this brown preacher. 
How much, be- how much better can it get than that? <laughs> he chose you because he's bringing you into the family. And those of us that are in the family, he wants us to know that the plan that he has for us can never be thwarted. It can never be broken. It can never be misaligned because it's his plan, not your plan. I don't care if I'm talking to the president. I said this last week, or the pope. I will share the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes the lives of people because it's his plan for me. And it's his plan for you. His plan for you is greater than you could ever imagine. It's greater than, and there's, there's nothing that can, that can mess that up. I don't care if you're ailing with, your, with some kind of, of physical ailment. I don't care if you, you're, you're struggling with some back problems. You may, have, uh, you may have headaches. You may have this. That's not going to stop the plan of the almighty God. Because he chose you to be his and to be loved by him. See, in Christ, you are predestined. That's number four. You are predestined. That's a, that's, a, that's a complicated word. Your destiny was preordained by God. God chose you. He foreknew you. And he unveiled this, this great mystery that James Reese was predestined. God knew that I was going to walk with him before I ever knew that. God knows the people that are going to walk with him before they even know that. God loves people. He'll constantly be reaching people. But some people say no. He knows that. But we don't. Amen. We walk out this mystery. We, we live it out. I, I just thank the Lord that he had grace on me. How do I know that? See, there was a lot of people at a party with a lot of booze, a lot of, lot of sin that was in the, at that party where I was at when I, when I looked up to the sky and I said, God, if you're real, show me. But there was a conviction that happened to me that it wasn't me, it was God. Because I never had that conviction before that. And I looked at my friends, I looked at their wives, I looked at what they were doing, you know, and I, was, I said to myself, there's got to be more to life than this. That wasn't me, that was God. See, God preordained that day. Why didn't my friends say that? Why, why wasn't it them? Why was it me? Am I that smarter than them? I'm not smarter than them. I'm dumber than some of them. But I'm not dumb in Christ. You know what I mean? But I can admit who I was. I was a fool living outside of Christ. Lived a foolish life independently. Thought that I had all the answers in my own self. But God, because of his predetermined plan, that night... He nudged my heart. And here's the thing. Every single one of us have the same answer. Different circumstance, different place, different location where God called you. And you know that you know that you know that it was God calling you to a place of restoration and salvation in your life. That's what predestination is all about. Jesus told his disciples this. this. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in, the name of, uh, in, the, in my name, the Father will give to you. So Jesus understood this. 
He understood the, 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 the predetermined plan of God. The Apostle Paul said, when I was in my mother's womb, God set me apart. God had a plan. Paul says this in, in verse uh, 4 and 5. He says, in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself. Let's pause right there. Because everyone says, we, everyone wants to be God's, uh, uh, they want to be God's son and daughters. Not everyone is God's son and daughters. Everyone is God's creation. But his sons and daughters have been born again. Born of the spirit and of water. And, and, and you, when you do that, you're born again in Christ. And there's a regeneration that happens inside of your heart, inside of your soul, inside of your mind. There's, a, there's things that begin to happen in our spirit. Your spirit becomes alive to the things of God. That's what he's talking about. He, he, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Christ Jesus to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace with which he favored us in the beloved. The love of the father would be poured out to a desperate world in and through his son. And God in his electing. That's what, that's what uh, uh, predestination is. God elected. He, he chose. And can I tell you that God never does anything wrong? God is holy and righteous and everything he does is right. I don't question his plan. I submit to his plan. I say, Lord, you're good in everything that you do. Who am I to tell the creator and the sustainer of this cosmos what he's doing and how to do it when I can't even navigate through my family without him? Who, who am I as a man who outside of Christ am a sinful man to tell the holy God who sees the intent of the heart how he does things and what's right and what's wrong. He does everything perfectly. And I trust him. And when you trust him, you say, you know what, Lord, thank you for you predetermining and making my destiny lived out in Christ. And let me live it out for your glory. And some people might say, well, do, does God elect people and then he send people to hell? Can I tell you that God wants everyone to come to Jesus, but not everyone will. Not everyone will. Look at, look at what uh, Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He wants for your neighbors to come to Christ. He wants for your people in your street and our communities to come to Christ. And that's what we should want as well. Amen? Amen? Because of his grace. And let me say this, beloved. This is important. When you understand that you had nothing to do with it, then there's no bragging rights. You're not better than anybody else. And it's so much easier to share it with that person that you think they don't deserve it. Look at what they've done. Can I tell you? You didn't deserve it either. I didn't deserve the grace of God, but he gave it to me. I didn't deserve the mercy of God, but he gave it to me. Amen? Because I know who I am without Jesus. I know who I am. I know the things that I've struggled with. I know the things that, 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 that you know, I'm certainly not going to say all those things in front of, you know, 
100 people here. Amen? Will you share some of your things? Just stand up right now. You're on, you're on camera. No, it's God's goodness, right? Verse 11 says this uh, uh, of uh, Ephesians. It says, in him, also, uh, in him we also have ob- obtained an inheritance, having been predestined. Here it goes again. Predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance with the plan of his will. Notice, it's his will. And it's his plan. Verse 12. To the end that we who were the first to hope in the Christ would be to the praise of his glory. God's plan is wonderful. The Apostle Paul had no problem with that. He said, this is God's plan. I don't deserve it. But by his mercy, I am an apostle. By his mercy, you are a child of God. By his mercy, some of you guys in here are pastors. By some, some of you guys here are leaders. Some of you guys are elders in the making. Some of you guys are deacons. Some of you guys are children's workers. Some of you guys are, are going to lead your friends and family to Christ. That's not your doing. That's his doing. It's his plan. Verse, uh, point number five, in Christ you are forgiven. That's a good one. And not only are you forgiven, but you're completely forgiven. I'm forgiven, and God doesn't bring it up anymore. See, people bring it up. You ever told someone, will you forgive me? And they say, yeah, I I, I forgive you. And then three weeks later, they bring up the same thing. That's not forgiveness. Amen? Own that for yourself. True forgiveness, you don't bring it up anymore. See, Sean and I, we had a past before Christ, and we had to forgive each other of a lot of things of our past. We took out every skeleton in our closet, and we put it out. You know why? Because we would never be who we are right now in ministry if we would, we would not have done that. The devil would have brought it out. Are you with me? But when we did that, we never bring that up again. You know why? It's been forgiven. True forgiveness is not forgetting It's never bringing it up again. God chooses not to remember our sins. God doesn't forget. He's omniscient. Think about it. But he chooses because of his grace and mercy not to bring up any cause. So if you've been forgiven of the things in your past, you are not defined by your past. Because a great loving creator forgave you of that. If you're, if you're living in something in your present right now and you say, I'm just so unworthy, can I tell you, you are worthy because God loves you. And if you ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you and he won't bring it up anymore. In fact, he'll help you navigate through the coming days. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our wrongdoings according to the riches of his grace. Which he, I love this word, I love this word, which he lavished on us. It's like God just, that grace is just, grace, grace, man. I am just, he just saturated with me with grace. He immersed me with grace. He, He forgave me of all my wrongdoings, all of them. And he looks into the future. And if I confess my sins, he is faithful enough to to forgive me and to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. All of it. 
So that you don't have to walk with your head down low. So you don't have to work in, walk in a condemned life. So that you can walk in the blessed life of forgiveness. You don't have to take your sins out with you today. You can leave them here on the cross of Jesus and never let them define you again. If you're watching online, you need to know that, that you don't have to live in the sin and how it's trying to condemn you and the past uh, choices that you've made. You can walk and experience the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and it's real and it's true and it's legal. It's binding. If he forgave you in heaven, you're forgiven on earth. Doesn't matter what anyone says, there's power. There is power in the blood of Jesus to give you life and restoration. His grace never runs out. His grace is so radical, it makes religious people cringe. Religious people, you want to manipulate how people act. You want to manipulate how people behave. You want to manipulate how people are supposed to be. His, his grace is so radical. His grace will save the worst of sinners. You name the worst sinner in, that you can think of, his grace is greater than their sin. His grace is so incredible. It was worth the creator, the one who created everything, going to the cross and dying for you. That's how amazing he is. He cared about you so much. It was worth so much to him that he knew that he had to come to this earth, be born of a virgin. The creator, the one that spoke the world into existence, he came, he was born of a virgin. He came for sinners, but he came from sinners. Just look at Matthew's genealogy. Four women, and all of them were prostitutes. All of them were doing, they were, think about it, and the men were worse. And that's the lineage of our Savior. And he came and he identified with us so that he could lavish the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God, unmerited favor of God into your life so that you will never walk and live condemned ever from now until eternity. Never. And your eternity starts the day you believe. Your eternity doesn't start when you die. I became an eternal, forgiven, grace-filled child of God the day that I believed 28 years ago in October. And from that day, whew, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. So are you. Verse 8, in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which, which he set forth in who? In him, in Christ, regarding his plan of the fullness of the times to bring all things together in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Everything, 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 the book of Colossians, everything is dependent on Jesus. He holds the earth on his axis. 
He knows the depths of hell. He knows the highest heaven. He spoke everything into existence. Jesus died at the right moment. Not a second too early, not a second too late. Jesus rose at the right time. Jesus came into your life when you needed him the most. And Jesus will never leave you abandoned. He will be with you every step of the way. Because he's God. Here's the last one. Has this been good? The the word of truth, man. It's a word of truth. In Christ, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he, him, he's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. It's it's what makes you genuine. It's what makes you an authentic child of God. That you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's like your birth certificate. You were born in this country or you were born wherever you were born and they gave you a birth certificate and it was sealed because it's genuine. When you get married, you have a a wedding certificate and it's sealed by the state that says you are married. It's binding. I was sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And he's not a force. He's a person. He's my counselor. He's my helper. No matter what I'm going through, he's there. He helps me to pray when I don't know what to pray. He makes intercession with groaning when I'm going through a hard time. He groans to the Father. And he speaks words. He he gives me the words to speak. He gives me language. He gives me the ability to have this relationship with Jesus that I could never have. I can't even call Jesus Lord without the Holy Spirit. He allows for me to be quickened in my spirit, to be alive to God. When God sees me, he illuminates the glory of Christ in me and through me. And the Father sees someone that he loves. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. In him, verse 13, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of the promise, who is the first installment of our inheritance in regard to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Woo! Woo! See, God gave me a first installment. He gave me God himself. The third person of the Godhead, he He's with me. He's in me. He's sealed me. That's why I keep telling you guys, this is not the church. This is not the church. The church is here. It's here. You are the temple of the most high God. I don't care if you got tattoos. I don't care if you got makeup. I don't care any of that stuff. You are the temple of God. You are the holiness of Christ because you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does not dwell any place that's not holy. And so the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Though I was a sinner, 
But because I was cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been made holy. And now he comes and he makes his abode in me, in my soul and in my heart. And I walk as a forgiven person. And I'm lavished by the grace of God every day. I'm lavished, man. I'm lavished by the grace of the almighty God. And I want to give that grace to everybody that I know and everybody that I see. And walk in the goodness of the almighty God. Because he's good every day. He's good all the time. He never stops being good. I need him. And he chose me. And he chose you. He chose you to be here. He chose you to be listening. He chose you to be watching because he wants to come into your life and show you how good he is. He gave us something that's so powerful. And you can only have it with love. He gave us, his creation, the power to choose. Did you know that? Love is centralized with choice. I'm not forced to be with my wife. I choose every day to be with her. And somehow, in some incredible Reality that I can't understand, she chooses to be with me too. It's got to be the Holy Spirit because it's not me. But there's a choice, and, 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 and with God, he, he makes it the same way. He gives you the ability to say yes to Jesus. He gives you the privilege and the honor to say yes to Jesus. And so I'm going to close by saying this. I want to invite you, if you have not said yes to Jesus, the one that chose you before the foundation of the world, for you to align yourself with his will. Today's the day for you to say yes. Today's the day that you come and you embrace the love and the grace that will never run out. It's a constant for your life. And the forgiveness that we so desperately need is for you. In Jesus Christ today. If you don't mind, just bow your head. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I just believe that there's someone in here today that, you're, that God is so moving on you. The Holy Spirit's so moving on you right now that you're ready. You're ready to take a hold of your Savior's hand. And he's reached out to you right now. And just pray this prayer. God, thank you for your love. God, thank you that... Uh, that you're showing me that, that life without you is empty and meaningless. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired of trying to navigate through life on my own. And so today I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I need a Savior. And so today I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day because he went to the cross and he died for all of my sins and all of my transgressions and all of my wrongdoings. So I believe that today. And so I confess him as my Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow him from this day forward in Jesus' name. And everyone with their heads bowed, I just want you to, if you're here today and you said that prayer, just raise your hand because God chose you to do that. Amen, little buddy. I see your, beautiful, I see your hand. That's awesome. Praise God, bro. Praise God. Ladies, praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise God. 
And I see a lot of people, I don't see them, but in my spirit, I see a lot of people that are watching this, that you're raising your hand and you're saying that to me online. I just see that. So everyone look at me. Remember I talked about cumbias in heaven? There's about 10 people this morning that gave their life to Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you, that is amazing. That is amazing. Okay? We have a Savior and a Lord that just gets better and better and better and better. Even though this world sometimes gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Amen? Let's share him with others. Let's stand up and worship him.